It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Right, welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, the regular cast of uh, rogues and thieves here today. We've got uh, Phil Kirkbride, with a bit of a glazed expression after what he's been witnessing for the last uh, few weeks. <laughs> Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. And we're going to look forward rather than back, I think, today. Myself, Dave Prentice. Uh, we're going to look forward rather than back um, at the League Cup as a competition. Uh, Everton's checkered record in it. And, uh, you know, why perhaps, you know, so we need to focus, you know, so even more so on the competition this season. But first of all, I think we need to drop a bit of a bombshell. Gavin's not going tomorrow night, is that right? Five yeah, aside, you know, takes reference to a League Cup time. Was said, uh, you know, that was said confidentially, you know, not appreciated <laughs> by the podcast, you know, thanks, uh, Prem. That you know. underlines the attitude that Everson have had in the League Cup competition yeah. for so many years yeah. and why it's got to change. No, I mean, all seriousness, the League Cup can be a catalyst. We've seen that before, uh, Obviously, the Kevin Brockback pass will you know, pass into you know, folklore for obvious reasons. But again, you and me, gathered old enough to remember 77 and the galvanising effect of that League Cup run you yeah. know, so had on Everton's campaign. And then in recent years, they're onto the semis under Martinez. You know, it, it can you know, have a knock-on effect on what's happening you know, so, you know, elsewhere. So do Everton need to look at Wednesday night's game a lot more serious than maybe they would have done normally. You know, we have to see a very strong lineup being sent out to beat Sunderland and then, you know, hopefully make progress. A lot of the Evertonians I've spoken to over the past, well, since the Manchester United defeat, have basically said to me that we've got to go full strength against Sunderland. Get right. that win, get that confidence back in the team, get it within the support as well, because there's been a lot of negativity around the football club of late, especially on on the, play, on, the, on the pitch as well. So I just think, get a win under our belt, get, play your strongest team, and then you've got you've got the momentum then going into Bournemouth on Saturday, haven't you? You've got a win under your belt, you've played your best team. You never know, if you, you could have Sunderland for three or four, do you know what I mean? Confidence is flying. And then it brings you into the next group of fixtures where they are all winnable, aren't they? We've played probably four of the five best teams in the league so far already. So got loads of winnable games. Get this win. And I, as I agree with you, Plano, I just think it's a catalyst then for your season. But... From what I've witnessed growing up watching Everton in this League Cup, it's just been absolutely disastrous. <laughs> I remember it flashed up the other day on this weekend, and on this week rather, 21 years ago, it was my first League Cup game. It was York City away, oh, and we dear. got beat. It was absolutely lashing down with rain, got beat 4 2 or 4 3, and it was away at York. And I sat there behind the terrace, and ever since then, I've had no luck in the competition whatsoever. So I just think, surely to God, I, the luck's got to change with us in this competition because we've had none, have we? That was the start of the echo falling out with Joe Royal after that game, but that's another story. <laughs> um, if we, uh, what do you think, Phil? I mean, you know, full strength team, or do you think we should try and see one or two, you know, uh, younger players, if you like, Adam Ola Luckman's? Um... No, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less in agreement with Tony. I think yeah. with regards to maybe the odd one or two tweaks, you know, I think Kenny deserves a shot. Yeah. You know, and I understand that he's, as, as we speak, he's in with a chance. Um, and I, I would make very few changes from, from Sunday. I think yeah. you've got to go strong. I think this is a situation where they can't afford to change. It would be 
12 months exactly since they got beat by Norwich tomorrow yeah. night where Cumin made changes yeah. and they were made to pay for it. Yeah. You can't afford, a, a God, heaven forbid, a defeat. Yeah. Oh. It'd be, you'd fear it would be toxic. Yeah. And that, that was a word we were using at the, at the depths of the Martinez era, toxic. I just think it would be, uh, it would send out all the wrong messages that if he, if he makes too many changes. Sunderland, although languishing in, languishing in the championship, can't be taken lightly. Everton have got to go to win. They've got to win to nil, and they've got to win stylishly, comfortably, yeah. and build momentum. I totally agree with Tony. I just think it's if, if we'd had the start this season that we had last season, yeah, he could afford to have made more changes. He could afford to have played, given Klassen a chance to find his feet. Played Sandro as a striker. I think you've just got to go with almost the same eleven, given one or two changes that he did on Sunday. Phil made an interesting comment there, Gav. He said Everton win to nil. Now, considering the goals we've been leaking of late, it's massively important that we get that clean sheet, isn't it? Well, he said 2-0 there for a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to win. Well, actually, a goal would be yeah. a starting point. Uh, to be yeah. yeah, having four games, that was a goal. I think a win tomorrow, just to get through, even if it's on penalties, doesn't really matter to me, as long as there's some... As long as there's a... For the first time for a while, there's a good news story yeah. around the team, and I think that that's the important thing for us. Even a penalty victory, you know, we've lost think, a few. What penalties think, get rid of that negativity? Through no, against I don't think, it I, I I think, think it would. Well, I think it's preferable to going out. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. The that's, fans that's, 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 that, yeah, that, no. If you go through on penalties against lower league opposition, you you, you give an Evertonians then the anxiety. I don't. Yeah, I don't, game I don't think it changes the atmosphere or the feeling. A win on penalties. I was going to say. Well, I just think a win. Because yeah, yeah. the, the, what's the alternative? The, the arm and yeah, head and alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd say, you know, when I say I wouldn't prefer, you know, mm. I would not prefer us to win on penalties, but he, he, if it means going through on penalties, it's rather than going out. Are, are we surprised at how quickly the atmosphere has soured? I say that because you look at the fixture list pre season, and, you know, I'm with Ronald on this, no one expected nine points from those three games. Or is it very much the manner in which those games have you know, been lost? I, look, I looked at so the fixtures, panel right, and he was Stoke City our own first game of the season. We won. Yeah. Then we went to Manchester City and got well-earned points, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. And then we threw them two disastrous performances, in my opinion, against Chelsea and Tottenham. Yeah. And then, obviously, we had a good goal at Manchester United. So, if you're looking at that perspective on it, no-one expected us to get nine or ten points from them first five yeah. games, did he? Yeah. We've, we've got four. Then... They're four Champions League teams. I think it was Don't the Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta game. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's upset a lot of fans. Yeah. And there's not many teams that go over to Italy and get a result, by the way. I'm not making excuses for Everton, but how many English teams go over to Italy and get a result? I know yeah. it was on neutral grounds, etc., but it's still difficult. And I just think if you're looking at the context of Everton Europe this season, what is it, played five, won three, drew one, lost one. Now, if you're looking at that start of the season, you probably would have taken that, wouldn't have you? Because you're through to the group stages, you can make amends for that. Defeat. I think, I think, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think it's the manner of the performance, wasn't it? That was, you know, and, yeah. and what we showed there is the, is the weaknesses that were apparent in the in the, the three other games that we're talking about. I mean, we don't want to sort of go back in this because I know we want to look forward, but like what I would say is that you know what we are forgetting is, and this is the question asked to Coombe, wasn't it, on Sundays, that we are expecting to challenge the top six or top four, whatever yeah. you would say, this season. So you would be expecting us to have a decent go, not necessarily at nine points, but to play those three games against those three teams when we're challenging for the top six and put in a better shift and get you know get a bit more from, from that rather than the, the performances we had. But I do think, one thing I would say about Wednesday 
is I, I do share the sentiments about putting the stronger team up, but we're already showing signs of certain players are creaking, aren't they? Haven't been playing two games a week for for uh, for, for you know since what the end of July. I know yeah. there's a bit of a break before the start of the season, and that's my concern at the moment. Is that they were saying on Sunday, and it was apparent, you know, in other games that you know it's a big ask, isn't it? What about, two, uh, what about playing your way back into form? Could be, but I just, you know, I look yeah. at someone like Schneider, who I thought he had a better game on Sunday. Yeah, he's got yeah. to play. Yeah, you know, just to get that players like that. I, yeah, I think they have. I think I think that's why I think you need as many as your regular first teamers in that eleven as possible because every single player is in need of an injection of oh, confidence who, and belief. Sorry, aren't they? Who was our regular first? Well, then, would you say? That, I would say Sunday was the strongest eleven, in more or less, give or take yeah. one or two well, that we could have. If we can't guarantee the Basically, the under twenty threes and the reserve lads getting a game in the League Cup. When are they going to get the chance? When is a Mo Bessage? Well, when is a Luckman? When is a John Joe Kenny? When are all these players going to get the chance? If we we've just basically said Everton are nailed on for the strongest lineup to get through to the rounds, they're never going to get a game, are they? If it's going to be like this, but but that was that's the circumstance, isn't it? And you've coming off four straight defeats, conceded twelve, not scored any. If it had been the other way around, you'd won four straight. You know, from one four on the spin, scored twelve and hadn't conceded any. Yeah, you're playing Lennon, you're playing Bessie, you're playing Luckman, aren't you? Yeah. That's what happened last year against Norris, wasn't it? He's won, he's won the previous four yeah, games. Exactly. Think, it's it's yeah, funny, yeah. Ronald. What you said uh, last week, didn't you? That uh, uh, under twenty three football is very different to Premier League football. He was asked about John Joe Kenny, wasn't he? Why he hasn't been playing? Mm. And um, he says he sees them on the training ground and he knows when they're ready to come in. And you know, you, you could argue, you know, as a game against a Championship club equivalent to under twenty three football, probably not. It's probably mm. like, you know, a significant step up, even still. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very, very tough one to call. I mean, you could argue Ronald is already treating uh, this competition differently because, I mean, Phil's written this morning that there's no press conference. I mean, normally, you know, Phil would be up at Finch Farm now, mm. uh, sat down, you know, asking Ronald questions, and Everton haven't done one. I mean, their explanation is that nothing sinister, uh, but Ronald spoke on Sunday. He's going to speak after the game on Wednesday. He's going to speak uh, on Thursday, you know, so ahead of the Bournemouth match. Therefore, you know, why do you want to hear from him again? But to me, it sends out a signal that they're treating the League Cup, you know, almost like, you know, a, a poor relation. And that can be dangerous. Or is he just like trying to, you know, sort of keep his head down because it's been so... Uh, <laughs> I think it's a case of keeping his head down because yeah. of recent results. I just yeah. think if Everton would have beaten Manchester United, would have beaten Chelsea, Tottenham, yeah. I think with five wins or etc. done well in Europe. I think he'd be front of the cameras and he'd be front of yeah, the press. Exactly. I really do, yeah. I just think because of the manner of defeats and there's been a lot of pressure on him, a lot of fans having their say on on his future, I just think, listen, there's no need for it. Listen, we can do one straight after the match. We can do one on Thursday. Yeah. There's no basically need for Thursday. Yeah. Interestingly, depending on all the other clubs doing one, they are apart, yeah. apart from Arsenal. Arsenal yeah. aren't doing one again. They're playing Doncaster and they've decided not to bother. Uh, but generally they do. I mean, Liverpool, obviously Liverpool left it on television, so they will need yeah. to promote that one. Yeah. Um, you know, so Everton don't. I mean, the idea of a press conference uh, is to promote the match, you know, so we can get stories that we can put in newspapers yeah. and then fans can read about it and they said, oh yeah, I fancy that, I'll go to that game. The pricing structure for the game tonight is so attractive. Maybe they're quite happy with the number of tickets they've sold already. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Or, you know, maybe you're right. They just, uh, Ronald just doesn't fancy it. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what I like to think is that he's totally fo- so much focused on tomorrow night's <laughs> game. He hasn't got time for the press conference, you know. If you were Ronald Koeman, Gav, yeah. in his position now, obviously, with this, there's a bit of pressure on his shoulders at the moment. Would what, what, what type of team would you play if you were in his position? I'd certainly look to ask a couple of players, if would possible, you? yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I'd probably rest there. Uh, I'd probably rest Rooney. I'd probably after. I'd try and freshen it up a little I'd, bit. Uh, yeah. I would like to give Leighton Baines a rest, but I don't know what the ideal turn is. Because I think Leighton's creaking at the moment a little bit. He's, when I said there's players creaking, I think Leighton is at the moment. So I yeah. thought he was poor on Sunday. He's Sunday. played every minute. And every minute I think he's he? played every minute. So if it's a 33 this season. What are the options there left back? That's, that's part of the problem. Well, Martin has played left back. Yeah. I know it's something we should have thinking about. But um, he has played there, and that would allow John Joe Kenny to come in on the right. But you know it, it's risky. I mean, have Sunderland got the players that can hurt Everton? Aidan McGee yeah. is this yeah. a chance for him? Most of them, isn't he? <laughs> I've just got a yeah. Vaughan. He might play tomorrow. Um, yeah. Tomorrow might yeah. be. So yeah. So I you think make I, changes I, even though there's a bit of pressure. I, I see. Human. I see. I see your arguments, but I do think there's there's a there's a you know there's a sort of halfway house. I think that you can make take out two or three players. Maybe he plays every minute. Who probably just need like three or four days off. And bring in maybe two or three players like you're talking about. And, you know, Preno's right is that you could play Kenny and move Martin over to the left back position. Um, you could, you know, if you, if you took, put Wayne, say, on the subs bench, do you bring Sanzo in or, you know, dare I say, Nias has been there? No. I'm confidently informed that he'll be on the bench tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yeah. So, okay. you know, he's not going to start the game. I think the best, you know, I say the best we can hope for. Hopefully, he isn't needed at all. But you know, so to come on maybe for twenty minute cameo with the game already won. Yeah, yeah but you know, yeah, I, to show I, how he is. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Sanzo's looked reasonably sharpish when he's come on, you know, on, on yeah, yeah. Sunday yeah. and on 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 uh, on even Thursday. Mind you, like he did. He did that compared to what's gone before. And I think that'd be an ideal game for him to start tomorrow. Can I ask? Yeah. Who would you put in goal? Wouldn't you give Robles a go? Why? Just because the, the lad's not playing. It's... Well, I mean, yeah, but he's, he's, he's going to be not... sold in January, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Who would you play in goal? Penal Pickford or Stecklenburg? I, I play Stecklenburg purely because Pickford's been troubled with a hamstring problem. Over, he, he was withdrawn from England due to he wasn't he with yeah. a hamstring problem and missed you know the uh, the European game. So I don't know if that's troubling him still. And, yeah. you know, hopefully he's completely over it. But for that reason, uh, and Stecklenburg is decent, you know, so yeah. he's not. As you know, as good as Pickford, but he's decent enough. So yeah, I'd, I'd give him a little rest. And I think if you're playing, dare I say, you know, a low division side, maybe you know, won't have the same sort of pressure on. He's playing the Premier League game, so yeah, the stack would be would be my choice. But I, I think he's got to make probably three three changes, outfield changes from Sunday for me. Which, which of the uh, the Sunderland players are coming back? Because it's effectively Everton be Everton reserves, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. There's, there's at least five there. Um, which of them are you most looking forward to seeing again? I'm thinking Jack Rodwell, whose career just seems to have nosedived ever since it left yeah. Everton. Yeah. And, you know, he was a promising lad when he was yeah. at Goodison. And for me, the turning point was that red card in the derby, the very, very harsh red card, because yeah. he was having a great spell up till then. And he just seemed to stop tackling after that. It's like, you know, it was in the back of his mind all the time. It, it didn't yeah. lock his confidence. We've got him coming back, Darren Gibson, who, again, you know, was decent on the rare occasions. We saw him in, a, in the senior side. McGeady will gloss over that one quickly. Vaughan. Uh, James Vaughan was a great lad. I love yeah. Vaughan. Um, you know, he was too brave for his own good, that lad. Yeah. You know, he threw his head in Andy Gray style where it yeah. hurt, which is probably what contributed to an awful lot of his injuries. Can Tyus uh, I don't think Tyus or Brendan Galloway can play uh, to the terms of the loan deal, so that's probably a relief. I forgot how many. Um, and, <laughs> but that's an awful loss, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I can, I can only remember a similar thing I remember. Remember how old was it? City, Man City, yeah. he, had, he had like yeah. sort of about six or seven former Everton players there. Yeah. I think, I think Vaughan to me is is a 
missed opportunity there because yeah. I think he had it in him to be like a really decent Premier League striker. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. You know, he had pace. Mm. He, he was a good finisher for me yeah. as well. You know, he, injury he, records he could, was terrible. But he was unlucky, wasn't he? Got he got he got injured playing a bit like Barkley on injured playing for England, didn't he? And he got such yeah. a variety of injuries. Yeah. Was it a severed artery at one stage? Yeah, that was a fault yeah. now, wasn't oh, it? Dear, yeah. Dear. But he got. He, he was that unlucky. He got injured. He did his knee, didn't he? Play for the England under twenty ones, I think. Yeah. And Richard Stedman, who was the, he was near the, uh, the, the specialist in, in America. Yeah. He couldn't operate him because he busted leg, busted leg skiing. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, oh, and that, you know when you that know happens, you know, you know, you know it's out. But to be fair, he, he's had a, you know, every time I see him, I always think what could have been yeah. because he could have, yeah. you know, when he compared him, you know. Him and Victor came at the same time, didn't he? Yeah. Vaughan had a lot more to his lot more to his game. Mm. And I, I was I was looking at his stats the other day, and it surprised me how few times he'd started. He made best part of sixty odd appearances, but forty nine were from the subs yeah. bench, yeah, and he only yeah. scored nine goals for Everton. I thought it was more than yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but the one that'll always stand out for me is the penalty in the shootout at Wembley against United. Yeah. Oh, confidence! Top yeah, top stamp, just yeah. Yeah. not his first yeah. goal. Yeah, we became the youngest player against Palace. Palace. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I remember seeing him at Chelsea on the final day, the 06 07 season, set aside for the final day. He gave John John Terry an absolute chasing yeah. all afternoon. He uh, scored and he had a great overhead kick that Shaq made a brilliant save from. And you, and, you know, we were looking at him there and thinking that yeah. was after his injury, thinking. Really good psyche there, but he's, it's just because of injuries, it's never happened to him. He's gone down, he went down to League One, League Two, didn't yeah. he? And now he's yeah. come back up to the Championship. So yeah. he's got a chance, oh, yeah. Sunderland big club in that division. And he's, he's, a, he's, only, he's only 28. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, you think of him as being an older player than that, but you know, he's been he was 16 when he scored his first goal for Everton, so yeah, he's been around a long time. They'll all get a good reception, won't they? they all the oh, yeah. For yeah. Anybody, yeah. yeah. I think because he, he's, you know. Pat, you know that that was a really great moment, wasn't it? Yeah, breaking the, uh, the record. Yeah, he, he will. Rodwell you know. will. Uh, Gibson, yeah, so so. Mm. McGeady, you know, he's not upset anybody. He's just no. had a very underwhelming, you know, spell here, didn't just he? Not so, good enough exactly, yeah. at this level. Yeah, yeah I've, I've thought this, and you know, I don't want to labour the point, but the, this, the shades of Rodwell and Barkley to a little, even though Ross yeah. is like sort of like a you know, got a bit more about him as a player, yeah. but in, that, in terms of like that plateau and at a yeah. certain age, yeah. you know, and uh, I often think that about Barkley, that he's sort of, he's, he's a bit like Rodswell, but like a level above, you know what I mean, that his, his career path has been similar, and I think uh, there's a lesson learned there, but I think Rodswell, he's, he's never really developed, is he, from when he came, he was a prodigy, wasn't he, at the, at the academy? He, he was, academy. yeah. It's funny, actually, because uh, when he first burst through, uh, I remember it was a European game, was it? AK yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't remember, no, that was, yeah, sorry, that was when he made yeah. his debut, yeah. but yeah, when he actually played a very, very deep position, and there were suggestions that he was going to move back and become a centre-half, yeah. and yeah. David Morse was referencing Rio Ferdinand, who's in the news today for other reasons, what a nonsense that is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, you know, he was, he was like paraded as this, like, you know, very, very bright prospect that was going to, you know, sort of dominate English football. And I remember his England, you know, first couple of games for England, he looked bright, the Sweden game, where yeah. he looked like a player. And something just didn't happen. You're right, he never took it on. You know, he, he plateaued. Like I say, I blame that red card. But, you know, yeah. there was a, it, and then he obviously went City, never got a look in, did he? Then, what, where was he when he got that ridiculous record where he couldn't win a game? Was it Sunderland? Yeah, But I think yeah. it went back even to the City days, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's interesting. But where are, we, where are we putting this League Cup as in importance when it comes to Ronald Koeman? Now, do you think he's being told off the Everton board or Farhad Mashiri, listen, I want top six, top seven League Cup? Where do you think it ranks? 
in Ronald Koeman's I, season. I, I think by telling everybody that seventh is the summit of Everton's expectations, he's created more pressure for himself in mm-hmm. the cup competitions. You know, all right, fine, you know, seventh place, it's, we were hoping for better, but... If that's going to be the case, we want runs in the cup competitions. You know, we want semi-finals at least. And, Do you, you know, disagree with his comments then? To, to oh, the totally, day, totally. What Marino said. 100%. I think um, even if you believe that, you don't advertise the fact. You don't tell people. You keep it to yourself. Michael Ball did a good column for us today mm-hmm. uh, where he referenced exactly that you know, same thing. He said the footballers don't really need excuses to take the foot off the pedal a fraction or look for excuses yeah. for why things are going wrong. And he's given them an excuse uh, well, you know, seventh is somewhere to our expectations. We're not expected to be, you know, United away or, you know, Spurs yeah, well, at home. Well, is he sorry. not just being honest when asked a question by a journalist? Well, Listen, can you use top four? Is he not just being honest and saying, well, we've played four of the top five, so to speak, and we've been handsomely beaten by quite, well, quite a few of them. Is he not just being openly honest? Well, I mean, I go back to what I was saying before about, you know, where we should be when playing against the top four. But... Did he, did he not say something similar to the start of last season where he was talking about ambition or would be challenging for Europe? Is he, is he, he, so, he said but, that last at the start of last season. But, I, I, played, I played the interview that I had with yeah. Gary Nicholas last, last this, this time last year, wasn't yeah. it? You know? And he said, you know, the sum of our ambition is seventh you know, to challenge yeah. for Europe. Then the second season, get a few, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a few signings in and then, you know, we progress and then the final year is... Challenging yeah. for the top four, and I think effectively what he's saying is there is is we're no better off than what we are this time last year when I said like we'll be challenging for Europe and look for seventh because yeah. actually any improvement beyond that was based on us getting a little signings in. Okay, sure. we have done, but we've mm-hmm. lost Lukaku at the same yeah. time, and I think he's, he, to me he's not really saying much different to what he was saying twelve months ago, and he'll say well actually because okay we brought signings in but I've lost Rom. Barkley situation we all know about, um, and there may be one or two others that he wanted to bring in. So therefore, the sum of our ambitions is exactly the same as last year. And in the meantime, the top six have got an even stronger. See, that's so, the thing, isn't it? It's not just like Everton have strengthened the, the teams that were already better than them last season. They've strengthened. So they, they have, they have to a degree. But again, saying that, this is, this is one of the things we said during the summer. They might, some of them are struggling, aren't they? I mean, yeah. if you have a look. How many of the top six actually play well at the moment? There's only probably City and United, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Liverpool aren't, Arsenal aren't, Spurs aren't, Chelsea have been... And their fixtures have been kind as well. I mean, it dismays me having to hear so much rancour already because, you know, the, the four games that played in the Premier League... You wouldn't have expected many more points than we've got so far. I think the next four or five games is absolutely pivotal and crucial to him. He's referenced that himself. Four home games in a row, one of which is Burnley, who are like absolutely flying away from yeah, home yeah. against everybody. Away game at Brighton, then two more home games. So if we can come through that you know, spell with you know, five, six wins maybe, you know, everyone's like back on an even keel again and the season's stabilised and everything. But as Phil said earlier, just you know, one, one defeat, one cup exit, you know, in the in the League Cup, and yeah, things do turn toxic very, very quickly. Are you, are you, there's yeah. a lot of fans obviously questioning Cumin's tactics and formations and start on lineups. Where's your biggest criticism to Ronald Cumin at the moment, Gav? Um, playing three at the back and the configuration of the three players at the back in yeah. that system doesn't work for me because um, he hasn't got it. You know, you know. You know, my thoughts three at the back is mm. you have your two your two outside centre halves who've got to be quick and got to be able to move to the wings quick quickly yeah. because the two you know you're playing two yeah. wing backs and the middle player 
should be a bit like David Luiz at Chelsea should should be able to bring the ball out and you know move the ball forward yeah. quickly. And none of that back three at the moment can do that. I mean, you're playing Williams, who like saying he, he sees the ball like hand grenades, doesn't he? As we've yeah. seen on on yeah. on Sunday, Sunday yeah. he should be the one capable of bringing the ball out. Keane's obviously, I think Gary Neville alluded this to this on on Sunday that actually he's a bit uncertain in that channel because he's not really a centre half, not yeah. really a fullback, and Jags. He's, you know, if you, the left-hand side in that that three, you would expect, like, we had Fiennes Mori last year, has to have a left foot. Sure. If he's got a right foot, then what he's... And I watched Jags, especially in the second half on Sunday, and it got us into trouble, is when he gets the ball, instead of looking for Baines, which when because he, he needs to use his left foot, which he hasn't got, his, his instinct is to turn inside... To, to, his, to either pass it to yeah. Schneiderlin or pass it to Williams, or, pa- or pass it to Pickford. Yeah. And they got onto that. Yeah. And that caused the free kick, you know, that massive hit. Yeah. That, that was caused by them pressurising Zags, and it was a bit of a, you know, if you bought. Mm. And they got two free kicks from him, playing loose balls back. And, and that's my biggest single criticism I've got, of, the, three of, the of the three at the back, and he hasn't got the, he hasn't got the players to do it. It's, it's funny, actually, you referenced um, a couple of times last week, uh, before the game at the weekend, because I, I went to Finch Farm to do the, the Sunday interviews for the Sunday papers, mm. and a couple of times he volunteered Michael Keane without being asked as a player that needed to change his game. Uh, he's got to learn to play with more space behind him, is the phrase he used. And I think the inference he was given is he wants to see him become more of a ball-playing centre-half. They believe he's got the qualities to do that, and they want to see him doing that more. At Burnley, he was expected to defend more, whereas now they want to see him become a bit more creative. And again, that is part of that, you know, sort of back three yeah, configuration. I, mean, which... I was thinking about this, and you're right, Prano, I was thinking if you, if you were going to look at the sense of the players, you'd have Keane as the middle one. Yeah. He was capable yeah. of bringing the ball back, ball out. And also, I think he's more comfortable being in the centre of the box, isn't he? Because yeah. he's a more natural centre-half. And there's an argument to say that if you're going to insist on playing them three, you'd have Williams wide right, Jags wide left and Keane in the middle. Did we not see a result of Michael Keane's confidence at the moment, that ball to Lukaku, which just, well, Lukaku should have buried, shouldn't he? Does yeah. that show just a lack of confidence in Keane at the moment? Did Keane have to say that openly? Is that, isn't that just a lack of confidence with the whole, whole defence? And I think, I mean, on all this, if, if senior players are struggling, younger players... They, you know, it's like a, it's like a virus. It, it spreads to them, doesn't it? You know, and I think, I think that's that, that that's. To be honest, yeah, it, it was noticeable against Spurs that when Tom Davis came on at half time, and uh, I, I love him as a as a player, but yeah, I had a nightmare forty five minutes. Yeah. he was trying a bit too hard, to be honest, and he was mm. trying desperately to influence things and couldn't. And it does. Koeman's made that point many, many times uh, after the game on Sunday. He said uh, the way I wasn't played in the first twenty minutes wasn't. Uh, an ambition issue it was a confidence issue he says he was on the touchline screaming to the fullbacks to get forward into advanced positions but they're more concerned about not conceding and sitting deeper and you know it's difficult to change that mindset when it's in there yeah. which is why Wednesday's so important to try and score a couple of goals hopefully and restore well, Jamie some Carragher made a reference on Sky uh, when, when after the game and he said basically when Williams and Jack Gilker and Keane they're sitting so deep is that because they've got no pace so then there's just a big gap then between yeah. the defence and the midfield. So we've basically got what we've got now till January, isn't it? It is what it is. And do you, what is there anything you ch- change specifically, Dave, at the moment? Gav's just made a reference about the three. You ditched that completely. Is there anything straight away that you'd, you'd sort out? I, I don't like uh, you know three at the back as a 
as a formation full stop. So, yeah, I've stopped that straight away, given the players everything I've got. I'm also a little bit unsure about the Schneiderlin, Jessica Gay, you know, mm. so access in the middle. Is the balance right on that? Um, you know, Gay was magnificent for the first six months of last season. Schneiderlin was great for you know, the second half of the season. The pair of them haven't really hit the ground running. And is that just because, A, the pair of them aren't playing particularly well at the moment, Schneiderlin especially, or is it because the balance isn't quite right in that midfield unit? I mean, you've written a few things about Schneiderlin, haven't you? Not sure about you know, sort of his form at the moment. And... Yeah, I think he was better on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I think he's been too timid recently. I think we said that in the last podcast. I don't think he's been in control of the midfield as he was when he joined in January. Um, I think he's, you know, if you're looking at, at, at somebody to dictate the pace and the direction of things from that position, you're looking to him and he hasn't been doing it. I think he was a bit better on Sunday, but yeah. you know he's a, he's a twenty odd million pound footballer. Let's not let's not forget you know somebody that Cumin had worked hard to bring into the football club, and I think he realises he fell below way you know way below the standards. So I think he's got you know that phrase of taking games by the scruff of the neck. I think he's got to you know, and he's got a job as much as Guy to protect a as we mentioned a, an aging back four mm-hmm. in many respects. You know back four that doesn't have a great deal of pace. So you know it's vital that he's Snuffing out threats before they before they uh, get yeah, going. Yeah, I just wonder whether him and maybe Davis, you know, or you know, Gay and Davis would be. Yeah, you know, I just want, I want to see midfielders getting in and around the penalty yeah. area and providing support for the strikers. Well, we look at Snyder through his Southampton days, and he was a boxer box midfielder, wasn't he? He was up and down. He's a big yeah. lad, and he's got that in his locker. So why all of a sudden is he getting? He's not. Got, he's not making a forward pass of late, is he? Mm. Every his first natural instinct when he's on the ball. Well, when I've seen this season. It's to look back or just keep the ball ticking now. It's confidence, yeah. isn't it? It's such a fragile quality and it makes such a massive difference to footballers. Yeah. Was Koeman right, though, when asked the question about obviously his defence in midfield sitting too deep? Obviously, there was strong comments from the press about him, about his tactics, why so deep away mm-hmm. at Old Trafford. But he was basically saying, well, I didn't set them up too deep. It's the players themselves, and he's chasing up the pitch. It's, it's not his fault, is it? Well, yeah, because basically they're petrified, aren't they? Because they've got no pace. So when they're playing against pace, the back four, the natural instinct, isn't it? If you play any level of football, your natural instinct is to drop back and protect yourself because you don't want to be exposed. But United, on the flip side, if you're one of United's defenders on Sunday, you're going, who are we marking? It's Wayne or it's, it's Sigurdsson. Are they going to beat us in a foot race? No. So they squeeze the game right up. And inevitably that meant that when Everton did have the ball, they're playing in a... In a a shorter and smaller area of the pitch where they have to try and play tighter, shorter passes to get going. And ultimately, if you're not good enough, if you're not a Man City-esque level of team, you play, you can play like that and play through defences, you're going to lose the ball more often. So it makes it easier for, for the opposition because they're, they're having to win the ball back in a shorter space. One more criticism that Everton fans have labelled at this Everton team at the moment is that there's too many number 10s being shoehorned into one certain position. Klassen's had to go Vlasic last week, Sigurdsson, Rooney, Morales even. There's a lot of players being shoehorned into one position. Now, me personally, I just play, I just play the two. He, sometimes he, he goes with the three, doesn't he, behind the one. I just don't think it's working for at the moment, and I think he may have to, maybe at Bournemouth, make a couple of changes, add a bit of pace on the wings, Luckman, did I say Morales, but for what I think of him, I'd even start having have an run in the side because... The width, I just look at the full-backs now when Everton have got the ball. Baines looks up, nothing in front of him. So his natural instinct is to go inside to Snyder or guy or go back. Mm. So if we've got no width, you can't expect the full-backs to go forward. I felt sorry for Martina and Baines on Sunday. I really did. They were trying to go forward, 
but they were petrified because they didn't know which job they had to do yeah. were the wing backs or were the defenders mm. and I just felt sorry for them that's my main bugbear with Cumin at the moment is the number 10 situation I it, think he needs to address that the thing is if you, you could afford to play Sigurdsson, Rooney maybe another one I don't think you need a third in, a t- in the same team and in that same similar position of two tens, if you've got somebody for them to, to target and hit, yeah. if, you, if they've got an option in front of them, you know, if they've got movement and runners, but as you said, they haven't got that, haven't they? No. So, try to thread it through the eye of a needle. And... But that's the problem. If, if Wayne plays as a striker, like he did on Sunday, his natural game is, because he's getting all this to drop deeper, isn't it, as well? So, I mean, you end up having, like, sort of four players in the same area as the pitch. But that goes back to... You know, the, the summer, doesn't it? And by the our recruitment strategy has led to a balanced squad, which is the point I made uh, last yeah. week. So, isn't it really mm. that? I don't think it has. Um, for the money that's been spent, we haven't left ourselves with, like, you know, with that right, right balance. And, you know, and the thing is, I've mentioned centre-halves, you've mentioned number 10s, there's Schneiderlin and Gates being mentioned. Yeah. So that's effectively... <laughs> the team's been the two <laughs> you've, heard, you've mentioned virtually every player on the, on the pitch, yeah. apart from the goalkeeper there, haven't you? Which is, which is a bit of a concern, isn't it, really? Because yeah. there's not one area, you'd say, at the moment, about just letting everybody down. It's, yeah, it's, true. Really there's nothing a win it won't solve. And suddenly everybody's like, you know, thinking more positively again. No, just, I'll just about the one thing I'd say about this is, if you have a look at Cumin's managerial career in, in England, it's it's very much this sort of oh, yeah. boom and bust sort yeah, of type thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, we had the same... It was a one win in 12, was it, last year for us? Between, one in 11, I think. Between, yeah. like, sort yeah. of yeah. September... Christmas, and, wasn't it? Watford was the... Watford was yeah, the, September to early December to we yeah. beat Arsenal, wasn't Arsenal it? Arsenal to one, It was yeah. the last one, the derby, the Mane goal, and then it went on an amazing run. Yeah, 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 it was like two, two in 12 or 13, and then yeah. went on the run. Well, yeah, yeah. He, had the same, yeah, did, yeah. he did it at the Southampton a couple of times, so, you know... He's hope, used to it, isn't he? Yeah, hopefully. That's this is boom time. <laughs> 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 well, go on, then let's get on the table and finish off with uh, what we think is going to happen uh, tomorrow night. Go on, Toe, you go first. 4-0. Uh, my word. Yeah, okay. 4-0. Get an early goal, I think that'll be it. Sunderland and the Championship have been really poor this season. Results and, and performance as well. And there's Sunderland fans on the manager's back already. So I think one go one early goal against these in the OK bin. I'd be chuffed if they had four shots on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Sunderland's here, Phil. Go on, Gavner. If, well, Scotty says we're going to win 4-0, I think I'll go then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go. I can't say penalties because I get told off, won't I? Uh, yeah. I'll say nice, boring... 2-0 victory for that. That's a win's a win. Phil, what no, do you think? I agree 2-0. I think it'll be yeah. one of those. It'll be, hopefully, routine, boringly so routine, but yeah. no, no, no frights, no scares, nothing to get us worried about. Classic third-round cup tie <laughs> against lower opposition. I don't think we've got the firepower to, uh, to get a 4-0 scoreline. I'll... I'll sit on the fence and go for a 2 and a little as well which I'll be thoroughly delighted with as long as the two don't come too late in the game three against one yeah anyway we'll, uh, we'll be back with you on Friday to discuss our predictions uh, look ahead to the uh, the Bournemouth game and reflect on who Everton have drawn in the uh, last 16 <laughs> the of the Carabao Cup so we'll catch you then uh, till then goodbye <laughs>